What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. milestone yay welcome to free lady thank you for coming on my channel thank you for subscribing thank you for commenting if you do i love commenting back with you this is a channel about becoming a free woman free human free man free child whoever you want to call yourselves so this channel is all about telling our story and being on that journey of becoming absolutely free to need nothing so again, I have a special guest. Um, this is Julie. You know, last time when I did an interview, I went like this and it pointed the other way. So this is Julie, whatever side she's on, this is her. Um, my interview with Zach last week, um, he brought her to my page and we got to talking and what got me wanting to have an interview with her. She's like, you know, I just went through this life thing and I know that I'm enough. And I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> so we are going to talk with Julie today about what that means for her and why she's on the path to becoming free. So Julie, introduce who you are. What do you do? And how did you get to where you are today? <laughs> okay. So I'm Julie Persinger. Um, I am first and foremost, a mom. I have three kids uh, who are not really kids anymore. <laughs> They're 20, 18, and about to turn 13. Um, and honestly, that was who I was for a very, very long time. Just mom. Um, I was, I was still am a homeschool mom. So that was my life. <laughs> um, now, uh, work-wise, I work for Walmart. Um, mm -hmm. I am, my official title is Academy Team Lead of food and consumables. Um, so just a quick note as to what that actually is. The short answer is I'm a trainer for management. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, and that's like within the past eight weeks, that's my job. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Thanks. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, I worked in the electronics department before that, just your basic Walmart associate. Uh -huh. Um, and prior to that, I had not worked outside of the home for 20 years. So it was a lot <laughs> to wow. take on. Yeah. Um, so beyond work and being a mom, I'm a maker first, really. Um, I'm a quilter, knitter, 
sewist. I've just gotten into cosplay. I'm a big nerd, really. I love that. <laughs> I love cosplay. I think it's just so cool. <laughs> is that one of your clones that we're looking at in your in the background? It is. Yeah. Very cool. It is. Very, very cool. Well, welcome, Julie. I'm so glad to have you here. So you. we always want to start off with three things that we are grateful for. Um, number one, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, number two, I am grateful for laughter. Um, I know, I think Zach said this last on his, the last episode, but I was like, dang, I am really grateful for laughter. I mean, that's like yeah. the best medicine, right? Like laughing. Absolutely. And I just, I'm just so grateful for the friends and family that I have around me and none of, nobody's toxic. It's just, it's just a blessing. Yeah. What about you? It's funny that you are doing this because this was one of the things that um, Zach was quick to mention about you because in my journey this past year, doing a things I'm grateful for list became part of my daily routine. I would post it in my Instagram stories every night before I went to bed. So, and there's, they're still saved in my, on my Instagram page. So I, um, I am thankful for perspective. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of that this past year, <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot. Um, I'm thankful for healing physical, oh. emotional, mental. Oh, that's so that. good. I feel, that. <laughs> I feel that with you right now. Yeah. So uh, in a moment, I'll tell you why I'll come back to that. Um, and then my third thing is I'm thankful. Uh, I'm going to be thankful for freedom. Ooh, it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So th this is why we want, we want to, I want to talk to you about, you know, what was your, what's your story like? And um, you don't have to go back into your childhood, but, um, it seems like you went through a lot recently. So what is that story? And when did you realize that you had to let go of whatever that was to be free, to be on that journey for yourself and know that I'm enough girl, that you were, <laughs> that you're enough. So let, let us tell us that story. Okay. So in some ways, there's some aspect of it that does go back to childhood. Um, so I grew up in a conservative Christian family, wonderful family. I have fantastic parents. I'm very, very fortunate. Um, grew up in church, went to Awana just like you. Oh, so great. <laughs> All of that. Um, and everything was good. My childhood was good. I was a musician. I started violin when I was four and piano when I was six. Wow. My degree is in piano performance. Wow. Um, I've played in orchestras professionally since I was 11. Um, that was life. And it wasn't until this really the past couple of years that I started to realize how much um, that impacted me in some not so great ways. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is because I was a very, very introverted, very shy, very sensitive child. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the toll that that can take on you when you're very, very sensitive and don't have the words or the emotional understanding to let some things out. Um, you know, every week I went to lessons and I loved it. There was no, I never felt any pressure. Mm -hmm. um, that my, from my parents that we want you to do this. It, I've always felt like it was my choice, but that 
every week being told that was pretty good. You're really good. It wasn't quite good enough. Wasn't quite good enough. It was never quite good enough because there's always someone who's better than you are. And there's always something to strive for, which you need. Right. But if you don't have the skills to process that and a way to, I don't know, process is the best word I can come up with. Um, yeah. At some point in time, and I don't know when it was, uh, I began to hear, you're not good enough. Hmm. No one ever said that to me. Hmm. I never had a, a music instructor who said that. I don't remember anybody in my life ever saying those words to me, but that's what it became that I did not measure up, not just at the piano or on the violin, but I must not as a person. So I just kind of took that on and it became part of me. Mm -hmm. So, um, went to college came out of college, spent a year in England, um, doing volunteer work for a church there. And then, uh, when I came back, I needed a job. So I moved in with my sister and then through a course of events, uh, met my now ex-husband through a friend of my sister's. Mm -hmm. Um, and we became good friends. I was, I don't know. I, it was not love at first sight in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, but we became really, really good friends and things just grew from there. Um, we did not have a great foundation the whole time. So from the time we met till the time we got married, it was nine months. I lived in Illinois. He lived in Nashville the entire time. We did not live in the same state, let alone the same town until we were married. Wow. (laughs) Um, and then his job at the time was entertainment lighting. So he was doing concert tours. So we got married in February. In May, he started a nine month major tour with Reba McIntyre, Brooks and Dunn. Um, And their routine was to be out for two weeks, home for 24 hours. So just married, new state, knew no one. This was, you know, the internet was around and we had email, AOL, instant messenger back in the day, <laughs> but nobody <Yeah>. had, <laughs> nobody had smartphones or Google maps or anything like that. So I was trying to figure out everything on my own because he was gone. And wow. I felt like I could never say anything about how hard that was because I expected people to say, well, you knew that's what you were getting into. And so, do you feel like because you were taking what you built around yourself that I'm not good enough, you were bringing that into your relationship and now you're by yourself and maybe that had chains around you where you couldn't even, you didn't know how to speak up because if you didn't feel like you were good enough, you know, how are you going to speak up? So did you feel like right. that? I, looking back? Cool? Yes. At the time I could not have expressed that. Right. But looking back, yes, definitely. My ex-husband, I mean, to be fair, there's no, um, we're very amicable now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no abuse. There was nothing like that. Um, but he's extremely opinionated. He's a very black and white person mm-hmm. and I'm a very gray. I, I can, for better or worse, I can see both sides 
of most situations. I, I might have an opinion. Gray. <laughs> I appreciate Gray. <laughs> I might have a strong opinion about what I think is right, but I, I just am able to see both sides. So yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I never felt like I could really speak up with him mm-hmm. because he always had a stronger opinion. Um, so anyway, his his job kept him away the majority of the time throughout our marriage. And there were times that it wasn't quite that way. Um, He did get off the road once we had kids um, from touring and then started his own business. And that eventually took him on the road again, just in a different capacity. So um, we lived in Nashville from 1998 until 2018. And then we moved here to Missouri at the end of 2018. This is where my ex is from originally. Okay. And uh, we never thought we would move back here, but his parents are here. His dad had dementia. He just passed away a few months ago. Oh, I'm um, so sorry to hear that. But he had dementia and was starting to really go downhill. And we wanted to be here mm-hmm. to be able to help as needed. Um, and that first year, uh, our house still our house had not sold yet when we moved here. Uh, but cumulatively, I estimate my ex was here maybe six months out of that year, probably more like five. Wow. So it just seemed like every major transition we had, I was alone. Wow. Um, just because of circumstance. And that's just the way our life was. Right. And you know, you get used to that. Right. Because it is what it is and you can't change it. We didn't have family nearby when we lived in Nashville. So um yeah. So last hmm, let's see it would have been November probably November 2020 mm-hmm. um I began to think you know what I'm really suffering I'm I'm really struggling with who I am who I how I'm not who I want to be um my self-esteem was rock bottom mm-hmm. um I just could not seem to get past that. And we were so disconnected in our marriage. I mean, communication just wasn't happening at all at that point. Um, But I was too hesitant to say anything because, you know, we'd gone 23 years at that point. (laughs) And how old are your kids at that time? Uh, So that would have, they would have been about to turn 17, 19, and 11. Okay. Around there. So, um, never, ever, ever had considered divorce. We always said that's not an option for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet we also never talked about going to counseling or therapy of any kind either. So it was just so dysfunctional looking back. Right. <laughs> um, so a year uh, last a year ago in the spring, March, by February, I knew I was miserable and oh. that I had to do something mm-hmm. um, but because I could not I could not stand where things were in our relationship. Um, and at the beginning of March, I asked my ex one evening, are you happy in this marriage? 
And at first he said yes. And then as we talked more, it came out that he wasn't, Mm. um, but that he had resigned himself to the fact that it, this was the way it was going to be. And he was just going to live with it. Wow. So as we talked, um, I, I never said I want a divorce. I want this to be over. Not at that point. Um, and we, we basically agreed that if we both felt that way, and if we didn't see any way around it, mm-hmm. then why would we stay together to be right. miserable? Because I did not feel comfortable with the whole concept of, well, we need to stay together for the kids because they weren't little anymore. Right. Exactly. They understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And so we ended up, I agreed at his suggestion, I agreed to go to three months of counseling and we went both together and individually. Um, But I think I always knew Mm -hmm. in my heart that it was over. And I realized that I never knew I never knew where my limit was until I hit it. And when I hit it, I slammed into it like a brick wall and there was no going back. Um, You know, I think if we had taken those measures to to get help years ago, then maybe things could have been repaired. Um, Mm -hmm. But I knew that I could not go back to the way things were. So at that point, I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I keep, I felt like I kept saying I'm done and he Mm -hmm. was not listening. And we talked about that in, in a session one day that you're not hearing me. I'm telling you I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. And I want this to be over. And, um, it was not what he wanted. Um, and the whole time he did not want our kids to know until we knew for sure that we were, if we were going to get divorced. So that was extremely difficult for me because I was so close to them. Um, You know, I felt like I was keeping this huge, huge thing from them. And I wanted them to be as prepared as you can be to get that news about your parents. Absolutely. So that was, that was really difficult to keep that from them. Yeah. Um, And when we did tell them, I don't think the older two were terribly surprised. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, cause they were old enough. They had seen things and heard things and they're not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They really aren't. They they're really not. Aren't. Yeah. They're, they're really not. They're not. And the youngest, um, I felt bad for her because she doesn't have friends. She hasn't seen friends go through this process. Oh, interesting. So, um, you know, I just, I didn't know what she, how much she knew about divorce or, you know, if she was going to have a lot of questions. Um, so yeah, but we went through the process. The one thing that I'm very thankful for, um, especially since my ex did not want to be divorced, he did agree that we would, to the best of our ability, we would negotiate everything between us first Mm -hmm. that we would try the best that we could to come to our settlement together right before we talked to a lawyer and we were able to do that so by the time we filed the papers we were in total agreement on everything and it went very quickly 
That's so. great because that does not happen all the time. No, I think papers were filed October 1st and the divorce was final November like 19th around there. Wow. So it was very fast once it was done, but I had moved out at the end of last July. So mm -hmm. it's been just over a year since I've been out of the house. So that's how I've ended up where I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure like when you talk about that, you know, you weren't able to talk with your children. I mean, my coach talks about this all the time, how he is so transparent with his kids from when they are little, he doesn't hide anything yeah. from his family and his kids. And it actually has created such a beautiful dynamic, you know, in that family, you know, because my family was not like that. We did right. not tell each other like everything. My mom did not open up to everything that she was going through and, you know, which made me find, find out things later. And I'm like, dang, if she just would have told us, especially right. when, um, she had a hysterectomy, like in her thirties and her doctor prescribed her like not the right medication. She went crazy. Um, and I think if she just said like, Hey, this is happening to my body right now. And these are the side effects that I can, that are, I'm going to go through and, you know, let me be there for you, you know? And I think as kids, you, you understand that. Cause when you see it, you're understanding it. And you saying that you're close with your kids. I mean, that is so amazing. Um, and I'm sure that was so hard for you. Did your kids like, were they mad at you for not saying anything because of how close you were or did they understand? And they're like, okay, but from here on out, we don't have to like hide anything from each other. I, I don't know if they were mad at all. They didn't say it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I never got that impression. Mm -hmm. Um, but they also grew up seeing me not share my feelings really, because I didn't yeah. know how ever. Right. right. <laughs> so right. this, this whole sharing thing is very new <laughs> <laughs> and it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, I have basically been diary of the mouse since I can remember. Um, and I think it was a godsend gift for me because it's a way of healing when you yeah. get to, when you get to talk about it. And I, I'm not afraid to talk about when it's happened. I've never been afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, there definitely have been moments where I'm embarrassed of certain sure. decisions I've made, but like, um, I think talking about it is like a super, super healing. So my next question is like, okay, so you're, you're here living on your own for this last year or so. Mm -hmm. Um, what were the steps that you noticed in yourself that you wanted to improve to becoming a free woman and being confident in yourself? Um, and are you still working on those? You know, we're always working on those things. Um, mm -hmm. But like, did you really recognize, like, I have a voice. I need to be in the best relationship ever with me. Um, yeah. and what's, what's that journey been like for you? So that started a little bit, um, back at the end of 2020, I had a friend who just encouraged me, you know, you say you want to try cosplay, but you're embarrassed. You think maybe you're too old, just do it. Who cares what anybody yeah. else thinks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, and I didn't at that time, 
I was still in my own head too much, but I was starting the process of thinking, okay, who, wait a minute, who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, now I'm 48, but you know, I I don't want to spend another year, let alone another day not being myself anymore. I can't do that anymore. Um, but as for how that process happened, (laughs) there's another story. So I moved out of my house at the end of July, 2021. Right at that same time, I told my daughters, I'm going to take up skateboarding because I can't. It's amazing. <laughs> this is amazing already. Oh my God. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you know Zach. Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so his, his amazing. friend, his friend that he talked about in the podcast, uh, his incredibly talented musician friend, ah. that's a friend of mine as oh, well. That's okay. how we know each other. Okay. So, um, but through Zach, I got to know the guys at six feet above that he also talks oh, about. Yeah. And so when I started going through this process, knowing that I was going to get divorced, feeling so broken and alone, um, and hearing them all talk about how important skating has been for them dealing with coming out of the military with PTSD, with anxiety, depression, yeah. suicidal tendencies, all of that stuff. I thought, you know what, maybe that's what I need. Maybe that would help me. And it is so outside my comfort zone, so outside my wheelhouse. I've never done anything physical in my life. And I thought, this is crazy. I don't know (laughs) what I'm thinking that I could even do this, but I'm going to try it. So I had plans that I was going to try it. And I told my girls, this is what I'm going to do. I would love it if you wanted to do it with me. I get it if it's not your thing, mm-hmm. but just know that I'm going to do this one way or the other. I'm not going to be good. I know I'm not, but that's okay because it's time for me to take a risk. It's time for yes. me to get outside of my bubble and show myself that I can do hard things because yes. I have not believed that I can. And I've let myself on the sidelines for most of my life because of that. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And that was so important for me to be able to tell them, to tell my girls that, because I want them to know that now at 12 and 20, you know, I don't want them to be in their forties like me still trying to figure that out. So so I, my youngest said that she would be interested in trying. So we went to the local skate shop, we got her a board. We got her all the gear and all of that, but I, that took my budget for skating related things to be able to get her set up. So a good friend of mine, who's a former military skater (laughs) knew about this and said, you know what? I have a spare board. I've ridden it once. I'm never going to touch it. It was given to me. It's not one that I bought or set up myself. I'm going to send it to you so you can get started. So he sent me a board. It's what I still skate now um, so that I could get going. So, and this is why it's so interesting that 
So for you at home, you listeners at home, we did not <laughs> intend to record this today. <laughs> we intended to do this another day and it just worked out. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. One year ago today, exactly no. today, was the day that I got on that skateboard, had the gear, day one, and I broke my elbow <laughs> that day. Oh, gosh. Balance got off. I had on all the gear, everything, but I knew I was falling and made the rookie mistake of throwing out my hand to catch myself. Mm -hmm. and landed with all my weight on my left arm and snapped my elbow. Yeah. So <laughs> my youngest was with me uh -huh. and I didn't know it was broken. I knew I, I knew something was terribly wrong, but I didn't know it was broken. Right. And so I'm, and it was right back, right back here in my parking lot, at my building. <laughs> I'm laying in a heap on the floor, uh, on the ground in the parking lot trying to decide if I'm going to puke <laughs> or pass oh. out. <laughs> and she comes over and uh. looks down at me after about 15 minutes and says, you know, you have to get back on, right? You can't quit. Oh my God. I love your daughter. <laughs> I love her. So I did. I got back right. on broken arm and all. <laughs> we stayed out there probably another hour. Wow and came back in and knew something was really wrong but I kept telling myself I'll take some a leave I'll put some <laughs> ice on it it'll be fine it was not okay. fine so I had to have surgery two weeks later oh wow okay. to put screws in oh um, my gosh I had just been at my job for six weeks so my insurance had not kicked in didn't kick in for two more weeks after that um and so everything, I'm like, this is supposed to be a great thing. And now it's a horrible thing. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. And um, so I was stuck because I couldn't go to work that first week before I had surgery. I couldn't go to work. And then they sent me to work for a week with a sling. Then I had surgery and then all hell broke loose. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was awful the worst time I've ever gone through worse than the divorce in a different way. Uh -huh. Um, because I was completely alone. Mm -hmm. I had nobody here. I had no one to call locally if I needed help. Um, and I think, I do think there was some aspect of just, Oh my gosh, your body. Oh no. She is frozen. I'm going to pause this until she comes back on. So just hold on, folks.
recording to okay guys we're back uh sorry for the delay um i don't know what my computer is doing <laughs> so we're just gonna record this from my phone so hopefully everyone can hear me okay um i hope i hope everyone can hear me okay i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's fine it should be um, anyways you were just getting into after you started skateboarding your first time broke your elbow and then you went into this really really dark place so i did the floor <laughs> is yours. so um yeah i had surgery and had to stay home from work for I don't know, a week, 10 days, something like that. And my parents had come to be with me when I had surgery and they stayed for a little while. And of course, then they needed to go home. So I was alone, one-armed trying to just cope in everyday life. Um, and mentally, I think there is something uh, to be said for just our bodies trying to process out anesthesia and narcotics and- yeah all of that stuff. And I think it did mess with me to some degree. Um, yeah. even though it was just a short surgery and you know, it, it just does. So I had that plus I was only a few, like six weeks. So yeah, I, I don't know, like four weeks out from having moved out of my house, leaving everything wow. I've ever known in my adult life. <laughs> um, started a job that I didn't want <laughs> because right. let's be honest, nobody's dying to go work at Walmart. They're just not. <laughs> I'm now today. I'm very thankful for yeah. that job because of where it's brought me now. But at the time there was a lot of shame involved with that. Um, yeah. you know, it felt like I couldn't get anything better than that. Right. Uh, so it was, it was, the work stuff, knowing that I didn't have insurance, how was I going to ever pay for this making $12 an hour? Right. Um, you know, how was I going to survive? How was I going to live away from my kids for the first time? Um, all of those things. And when you're, I, it's not like I was completely incapacitated. That's, that's overly dramatic, but it felt that way. Um, sure. Absolutely you know, and you lay there with nothing but time to think, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was so much emotion still that I hadn't had time to process from the divorce and moving out and being separated from the kids. Um, and then with the physical side of things, the pain management was difficult. Um, you know, I had to go to physical therapy, trying to drive myself there and just cope with everything alone for the first time right. was such a challenge. And, um, there was, there was one night and I didn't want to get emotional about this, but I can't help it. Um, okay. It was the first time in my life that I ever thought maybe it would be better if I just wasn't here and I had no plans to do anything because the first thought after that was I could never do that to my children 
I just mm-hmm. couldn't. So I, it scared me that I had the thought because I'd never experienced that before. But I wasn't scared that I would act on it because I knew I never would. But at that point, I thought, okay, I have to tell somebody this, but who do I tell? Because I can't, I couldn't at that point, I didn't feel like I could tell my family, my mom, my sister, who I'm, people that I'm closest to, because uh, they were already so worried. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't add that to their plate. Um, right. Because that's the other thing I've learned when you spend your life holding all of your emotions and feelings in, you don't allow anyone to ever help you because you don't want them to know that you need help. You don't want to admit to yourself that you need help. So why would you ever ask or tell anybody that I need help? I can't do this by myself. So, um, but I knew immediately who I needed to tell, and that was Logan, who's part of Thrash and Raid, Six Feet Above. Um, we weren't close friends or anything. We had talked right. some on just instant messaging, um, but I knew I could trust him with that because I knew that he deals with that with some of the people that they work with through that organization. Um, I knew it was not the first time he had heard that from somebody and I knew that he was a safe person to talk to and, um, and he was, and he still is. (laughs) He's amazing. So, um, yes, yes. (laughs) And he knows we've, I've, I've expressed my gratitude many, many times for the part that he played, um, and the, the other guys as well. I don't know the other guys as well as I know him, but you know, some of them know my story and have consistently checked on me. Um, yeah. You know, and I just sat there going, I'm, I can't even call myself a skateboarder. And I'm certainly, I have no ties to the military. They have no reason to give me the time of day, but it's just who they are that they right. would hear and that they would make sure that a mom in her late forties who has ambitions to ride a skateboard (laughs) would be okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're in that type of, if you're, if you're opening yourself up to helping others and, and in those situations, you know, and that's who you thought of, like they, you know, that they're going to help you, you know, like if that's what they do, like, you're not going to maybe always get a veteran or not, or like a pro skateboarder. And so for them to do that for you, they really know what their, their mission is because, you know, I can go on and down a rabbit hole about, you know, our country right now and on our, and our mentally sick people, I can go down a rabbit hole. And my biggest concern is like, there's all these organizations saying, you know, let's help, let's help, let's help. And then the government's like, oh, let's just let them live in hotels. Yeah. And it's like, build the freaking mental health institute. I will say right here, if I ever am a multi-billionaire, that's my goal. I want to open mental health institutes because there is not enough help for people who actually want to get help. But right. luckily there are 
people like Logan and what he does that you can reach out to them. And thankfully, I think, you know, whatever you believe in someone bigger than you or God or whatever, they put you in that place, being in that dark and you already knew those people and you thought of them. And so, you know, those organizations all around the world, there's, there is a lot of them. And I'm so, we should be so grateful for these people. And this, this is another reason why I wanted to do this YouTube channel. Like I want to help people. Like I am not a doctor. Okay. But like, we're all living this life and people are so like invested in fear and all this trauma that's going on right now. Like we need to, to love each other and we need to be there for each other. So thank God Logan knows how to love absolutely Logan knew how to love you and be there for you and that is what the world should be about that is what we're all of we this is why we're here is to lift yeah. each other up so that is that's very great. very beautiful that's very because yeah. that is a scary thought you know especially you know when you have kids and you know you're going through all this stuff and and like talking to you I know you wouldn't do that I've had those thoughts too in the past like well maybe I should just give up you know like yeah. what's the point what's the point? But, you know, there's something inside of us that are truly, that's truly powerful when we have people around us, maybe we don't know them yet, or we have the energetic world around us that's telling you that you are so beautiful and that you are enough and that you are deserving of being worthy of who you are. So, going back to like talking to them, like, so what was, you know, you were in this darkness and a lot of people will tell you when you're in the darkness and tell me if you agree with me is when you learn the most, it's when you're in the dirt as a seed and you're growing to be a flower. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because at that point I couldn't see any value, you know, I mean, I have skills. There are things that I'm good at, but they're not super marketable they're not really beneficial they're not you know it just it didn't seem like anything um, right and yeah absolutely <laughs> that was the time that not just Logan but there were others um who would check on me every day and this is all on Instagram. This is not people I know in real life. Amazing. I've not met any of these people in real life. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, some of them were skaters. Some of them are not. Some of them are mi- military active or retired. Some uh-huh. are not. Um, but there was one in particular who, I mean, one of his big missions in life is to lift people up and to to get people out of those dark places. And he talked me through so much in those days and told me, you have a choice. You can, you can lay there and be miserable. And I'm not Mm -hmm. discounting that you are, or you can fight and you find it in you to fight. He said, I can see it. I know it's there, but you have to find it and you have to decide that it's there. And as a result of some of those conversations with him, um, I became I became one of those people who has post-it notes on her bathroom mirror. <laughs> Girl, I love it. <laughs> and you know, I 
I knew about positive affirmations and all of that yeah. stuff. And it's not that I didn't believe in it. I just had never tried it. Um, yeah. But I'm here to tell you, you can change your mindset. You can absolutely change the way you think about anything, but particularly about yourself. Um, and I decided to make mine I am statements because there were several things that I have struggled to believe about myself my whole mm -hmm. life. Um, so, and they're still there right now. I am but a badass. I am worthy. I'm enough. I'm beautiful. I'm confident. I'm talented. I'm loved. I'm unstoppable. All of those things. And I would say them every day, every morning while I was brushing my teeth, I would say them <laughs> with a mouthful of toothpaste. <laughs> it didn't yeah. matter. But I'll tell you what, the first time, the first couple of times, but especially the first time I, I put them up there and I, I knew that those were things that I desperately wanted to believe because they're things that people have told me over the years, right? but I didn't believe it about myself. Right. And the first time I said those words, I sobbed my guts out. I could barely get those words out of my mouth to the point wow. where I actually had to look myself in the mirror and say, you are not leaving this bathroom until you say every one of those things. You have wow. to say this to get this process started. You can't just read it. You have to say it out loud. Okay. And some days I would say that multiple times a day because that's just where I was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because in the midst of all of this, when I did, when I was able to physically go back to work, I was on restriction because of course I couldn't lift anything. So I had to right. stand at the door of Walmart as a greeter for 12 weeks, could not do anything else. So all of that shame about working there to begin with came mm -hmm. flooding right back because- right. Who wants to be that person? Right. Nobody. Right. Uh, because in that role, I can tell you, it, it takes very special people to do that job well, to be the friendly, upbeat, happy greeter that everybody loves. Usually you're invisible. People ignore you completely unless they're mad. And then you're, a, you know, you're a convenient target. Right. So I stood there and I worked from 1 to 10 p.m. So I stood there by myself for nine hours. You're not allowed to sit down. You're not allowed to have your phone or to be on your phone. You can't read, you know, you're not supposed to have earbuds. You're standing there staring at the wall for nine hours. And when you're in that place mentally and emotionally, it is not good because I had nothing but time to dwell on how miserable I was. Right. So it was looking back now, I can see how incredibly important it was that I did start working on some of those positive affirmations and, um, you know, really trying to change my attitude and change my beliefs about who I was, what I was capable of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And over time, you know, physically I started getting better, but mentally and emotionally, I started getting stronger you know, time helps. Yeah. As we get further removed from situations. Um, 
And once I physically started getting better, I started getting a much better perspective and attitude about everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it just, it took a long time, but I, I realized just a few weeks ago, cause this was, this, it's been a year just about, I realized the other day, I haven't been saying those affirmations that are on my huh. mirror because I believe them now. Now I look at them and I'm like, of, of course I am. Of course I'm a badass. Of course I'm beautiful. Of course I'm worthy and I'm enough. <laughs> All of those I, things. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. It really that is. is incredible. Manifestation is so taken for granted. Um, you know, like, and I do the same thing. I always, I don't know why I liked, I like using lipstick and writing it on mirrors. Like I just, I think, cause it's like more there, yeah. you know? Um, and I go through different stages of my life where I have them on my mirror and I don't have them on my mirror, you mm -hmm. know? Cause it, it's very interesting where you write these things because, you know, I have a vision board right in front of me in my room that has my goals of every 90 days of okay. my relationships, my business, my body and my mind. And they change every 90 days. And I, you know, I, if you, it's really amazing when you accomplish these, you know, the, these core four and you write down everything that you want to accomplish and you actually figure out like, if I want to accomplish this, what does that look like in a month? What does that look like in weeks? What does that look like in days? And it's amazing what you can accomplish and manifest. And when you get the, to those 90 days and you did all that, you're like, what else can I do? Exactly. What else can I manifest uh, my life about? It is so simple. Like, this is what I've learned in my coaching group. And I was like, that is so simple. Like, it's stupid, you know? And yeah. it's not stupid, but um, it just is broken down into such in categories and days and weeks and months where you can really figure out what that looks like. And you really figure out like, how am I going to start my day to be the best that it can be? How, what does that look like? And that's a part of manifestation. That's a part of like writing your goals down every day and future. Um, and so I'm so glad that you did Logan help you with this manifestation? Is, is this what he told you to do or? No, I don't know really how I got the idea. I don't remember oh. anybody that I talked to really suggesting it necessarily, um, yeah. but it, it definitely was an outgrowth of the conversations that I had with him and with some of the other people that really helped me through that time. And it's funny that you talk about that, um, about how after your 90 days, you're like, well, what else can I do? Because I had the same thought just a couple of weeks ago when I realized that I haven't been saying those anymore because I believe them. And I right. thought, okay, I think it's time. I need to think about new ones to put up there because right. if I could do this, if I could convince myself of this, what else can I do? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Anything. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I mean, you could even go into like, you know, making a vision board. That's what, you know, I'm doing, you know, with like, you know, with dating and stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. I learned like my episode with the five challenges of dating and I'm like, well, I, I know what I want in my head. I've never written it down. 
Yeah. And you manifest all those things. And that's, you know, part of the relationships and, and your business and what you want to do. There's literally nothing that you can't do. Right. If and I you think- are doing your goals and manifestations every day. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think we take some of that for granted. Um, One thing that has become so apparent to me in this process is when I hear people, because I heard it at work all the time, when people start saying, I'm such an idiot, I'm so stupid, I'm, I'm so, I'm a loser. And they, you know, they're not, they don't really mean it. They're they're those things that are just on autopilot that we say to ourselves, but right. that tells me these are things that you've thought about yourself for a long, long time. If those right. are the first words out of your mouth, when something gets messed up or you don't do something right. Right. And it now it hurts. It hurts me to hear that because I'm like, right. I know what I told myself for so long. If right. I said the things that I said to myself, to anybody else, I would be labeled an abuser. Hmm. I mean, that's just where we were. (laughs) Right. So the way that we speak to ourselves matters very, very much. Yes, it does. And actually going off of that, your brain does not know the difference. I talk about this all the time, especially to one of my brothers. He's like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm like, don't say that to yourself. Like he's, you know, you're yeah. so incredible. All my siblings are so incredibly talented. I, it's, it is a beautiful thing to watch them grow and be fantastic in all their ways. Just like, you know, when you, I don't have kids, but I get to watch them. So you know, yeah. I'm so that I'm the, I'm the oldest, you know, it is right. so beautiful. I am just so proud, but I constantly, my clients will come in and they say these things, my, my family, my friends. And I'm like, your brain does not know the difference. It is a scientific Mm. fact. So when you're telling yourself, like, I'm stupid and I'm an idiot, like your body is going to be like, yep. You know, you're going to act upon it subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. So your mind is such a powerful tool tool. And that's what does you know, people don't understand, you know, everyone takes their minds for granted when they can use it as the most powerful tool in their lives to be the best that they can be. Because number one, the number, number one relationship you should be in, like I said earlier, is with yourself. You can't be in other relationships if you don't freaking love yourself from head to toe with the words you speak and the acts of your power of your own power and yeah. so um and I, like I, I had to get I had to come a long way to get here too you know what I right. mean and so right. and it's okay it's okay you know like I just texted my mom last week um you know like a little something you know I had to apologize for blasting uh what happened with one of my brothers and her because I was so upset and this is something that I'm working on, you know, like when my, when my siblings are hurt and their own yeah. mother, you know, tells them certain things and you're just like, wow. So I, I talked about it because this is what my channel is about. I, I'm saying the stories, but I shouldn't right. have gone. I took that power away from my brother and I shouldn't have done that. And I learned, but like, I was in like, I was in fire mode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And you know, my but, mom actually didn't text me back for the first time in her whole life. I can't, I, I still can't believe it. 
I, I, wow. I can't, I can't believe it for the first time. And in, in my whole life, she didn't text me back. And usually it's, it's the same, it's the same bullshit. It's same abuse and whatever. Yeah. But you know, one of the things I said, you know, I was like, mom, you still have a choice. You still have a choice to change your mind about who you want to become. Who do you want? Who do you have to become to be a better person, to be a better mom? Like we want, right. we want that for you. I, I'm all here for it. If she ever wants to do that, I am all in, you know, yeah. because our family would be closer. She would have her kids involved in her life, you know? And so again, this is coming down, this is a little science story, but this is about the, the power of manifestation and what your mind is capable of. You know, and I will leave that space for her forever. Yeah. I will leave that space for her forever because I love her, you know, and I know that there is potential there if she wants it. Um, just like any, for anybody, you have to leave space, even, even with all your relationships, your kids, your family, you have to leave space for them to change, for them mm -hmm. to grow, because as soon as, if you don't leave space, you're going to be judging them. You're going to be angry. You're going to be all these right. things when it's about them or it's about you and your power. So, um, so what is it that you tell yourself today? What are your new, uh, sticky notes on your mirror? Very curious. I, I, I want you to share that with the world and why. <laughs> I haven't actually come up with new ones yet. Okay. Um, that's okay. I'm still trying to figure that out because I don't know. <laughs> um, so in the, like I said, I've started this new job in the last eight weeks or so. Um, and it's something that I never would have thought would happen. So if you would have told me 18 months ago that I would work at Walmart, I would have laughed in your face sure. first and foremost. Sure. Um, second of all, I never would have dreamed that I would get the position that I have now. So um, within Walmart, there are certain stores across the country that are called academy stores. Our, my store is one of them. So we are basically a training center for management within yeah. Walmart. So my store's academy um, does training for managers from about 25 stores across our region. So it's kind of a thing within the store. It's not like it's exclusive, but it is a little. Uh -huh. um, and so when there are new positions there, which is very rare, they're not widely advertised. Um, I only happened to find out that the position was even available because I knew someone who worked back there um, and she told me about it. And by the time she told me about it, she's like, you have to like go home tonight and apply for this because they're about to take the posting down in a couple of days. So I did and had an interview about a week later. And I mean, I've never, so the, the classes that I'm going to be teaching are on the bakery, deli, meat, and produce. I've never uh -huh. worked in any of those departments ever. Uh -huh. So technically I should not really be considered qualified to do this job. <laughs> Yeah, but you can learn. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the interview and, and we talked about that. They asked me point blank, you know, where do you see yourself career-wise? And I uh, said, I didn't know until this year that I was going to need a career. I have no idea where I'm going to end up. 
or where I would want to end up because this was never something I thought I would have to do. Um, so I was just very, very honest with them. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about me homeschooling the kids because that does give you a unique perspective on teaching people in general. Sure. But when I've walked away from that interview, I got in the car and I said to myself, I just got that job. I know I have the job. They may talk to other people still, but I know that's, that's my job. There's no question about it in my mind. Mm -hmm. And since I've been back there, I still haven't taught a class yet. I've done some practice sessions that right. my coworkers have observed um, because that's part of our process. My boss has told me last week, in fact, he came up to me and said, I just want you to know, I believe wholeheartedly that you are exactly where you are supposed to be in this position. Aww. I think you were born for this. And I think that your potential is absolutely unlimited. I think you can go as far as you want to go, whether it's in this company or somewhere else. And wow. I will do my best to make sure that you get to where you want to go. That's so beautiful. And I was like, you haven't even seen, I haven't even taught anything. <laughs> <laughs> but look at what you're doing right now. Look what you're doing right now. You do have a gift. You, well, I think that's what he sees in you for sure. I don't know. It, it's funny because um, something you said reminded me of this. There was a moment um, when I was still going to physical therapy and trying to get my head wrapped around this new life. Because you have to understand, I had never lived alone as an adult. I had never bought my own car. I'd never done really anything that the typical adult has done. So everything was new. But I reached a point, I was walking outside and I thought to myself, if this is it, if nothing ever changes from today, if I'm alone in a job I don't really love at that point, Am I okay with that? Like, is mm -hmm. that going to be enough? Right. And I had to really be honest with myself about that. And I had, I, I could say yes, even though I wanted things to be different. Right. I knew then, even though I was still very much in process, um, I knew that I was okay with myself. I knew that I was okay with who I was becoming and that I would continue to become whoever I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And there's, I don't know, are you familiar with Mel Robbins? She's a, she does oh, sort no. of life coach stuff. Look her up. She's all, all okay. over Instagram. Awesome. Um, she's written several books, but she, her most recent book is called The High Five Habit. And she's done a lot of research about it to where the idea is that you need to give yourself a high five in the mirror every morning because there's something scientifically that happens in your brain. Your brain doesn't know that it, it's not another real person on the other huh. side. Interesting. It, it takes your brain processes it that 
you are receiving that from someone and we're trained, you know, the whole idea of a high five is that it indicates some sort of teamwork or encouragement or excitement. And so your brain processes that as there's somebody on the other side of this, who's excited for me, who is encouraging me, who wants to see me succeed. And I did that a little bit, um, not as consistently as saying the affirmations on the post-it notes, but there were moments, and this sounds so out there, but I, I know you'll understand it. Some people won't, that's okay. (laughs) It was like when I would look in the mirror, because I would make myself look into my eyes in the mirror when I did it. It was like future me. That's telling me so those cool. things. Oh, it is the weirdest thing, but absolutely true. And I, my, you know, the way I processed it was, you know, I'm going to be okay because she knows she's already on the other side. She knows it's going to be all good. I totally get that. I totally get that. I think that is so cool. And I think that is very, very, very real. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, look up that book. That is so interesting. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try that this myself. <laughs> um, I find that very fascinating because that's still giving yourself praise. And you know, you might not be having your sticky notes as in your post-it notes. You know, saying your manifestations, but you're doing something else. You're right. trying something else. So right. it's not like I don't think you should feel guilty or shame that you're not, you know, saying your post-it notes because you are doing something else, giving a high five to yourself. And yeah that feeling of what you just talked about is totally worth it. You know, that's diving into our deepest selves to become who we want to become, you know? So, you know, I would just say, if you wanted post a notes, freaking start journaling every day and see what pops out, you know, spend, yeah. spend, you know, have that goal of like in your, your mental health, spend one minute a day writing out just whatever comes to mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that could be a goal for you or the audience. Um, that is such a cool thing. That is such a cool thing, and I love who you are. Who you are becoming. I mean, I get to know you now, and <laughs> you know, hearing this past of like, um, you know, and I know someone actually going through this literally right now. So I'm excited that um, this episode is airing. So I'm going to tell her she's definitely, you know, doing stuff on her own for the first time in yeah. her whole life. And, um, there are tons of women out there. There are tons of men out there that, you know, are starting all over by themselves and they never have, and it's nothing bad. It's a gift though. It's a gift that like you get to learn this life and you also get to show your children and be a model for number one, yourself, number two, your kids, and number three, your career that you're in now, you know, you're very easy to talk to. Um, you have a light around you and I, you know, just because you don't know about meat and produce, who cares? Like it's not you. I mean, it's all about like, you can take anything and teach how to sell it and how to be a good person and how to be a good manager. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's going to just teach more about yourself and like more of the person that you are becoming today. Um, so I do have another question is have you tried to go skateboarding again? I do still skate. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm not any good. I'm not any good. I can't do any tricks yet. Um, 
but I do love it. It's, it's so interesting to me. Um, so the first time that I was able to go get back on, I waited until I was pretty much done with physical therapy because I didn't want to be stupid. Um, right. And I didn't know what to expect because I still had no experience because it all happened on day one. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I was literally starting back over again. Um, But the amount of trauma is a strong word, but the amount of stuff that came floating back when I got on that board that day really took me by surprise. Um, It's restricting. It, yeah, I, so much emotion and fear came flooding back when I stepped on it. And it, the, the really fascinating thing, though, is that it wasn't about falling and getting hurt. I was not afraid of that. Oh. It was all the fear of those dark, dark days that I went through. Oh, yeah. It all came right back in that moment. And I stood there looking at the sky back in my parking lot. (laughs) Uh, And I had to ask myself, okay, are you going to fight? You've proven to yourself that you are a fighter. You never do that, but now, you know, so are you going to keep fighting? Do you really, how badly do you want this? And I decided I wanted it bad enough to keep trying. And now when I, I mean, all I do is roll around, but I feel so much freedom doing that. It's amazing. So I would still love to learn to do some tricks, but we'll see if that never happens. I'm okay with that. Right. You know, and that, you know, going back to something that is, is so scary, you know, I mean, I remember when one of my brothers, he, you know, I was, I'm so scared of the ocean and getting caught under waves. I actually have anxiety attacks. And oh, one wow. summer, you're, you're teaching me how to surf, man. You're teaching me how to surf. And, you know, so my little brother and my second oldest brother, we went every uh, day, every weekend that summer when he moved back to California for a little bit from Colorado. And the first day we went, I got cut, uh, caught under a wave, had a panic attack, swallowed all this water, got back on the oh. ocean on the sand my brother comes running up are you okay and I'm like uh-huh and he's like okay I'm gonna go back out and I'm like me too so you know <laughs> life like with skateboarding and you falling you know life and you talked about it how it was a risk you know and if we don't take risks in life we are never going to grow as a person no, because not. when you get to be like more successful in yourself And in your life, you have to take risks to get there, you know, and you also have to do things that are scary, you know, um, someday I want to get, you know, my motorcycle license, um, but I don't have anywhere to park the motorcycle. So that is, that's why, that's my why right now. Um, but doing something that is scary, you know, and you do it and you're like, hell yeah, I can do anything. It doing things that are scary are actually putting you in categories to become who you want to become and be successful. Like that's another thing that we take for granted is not doing things that scare us. Um, And a lot of people live in so much fear right now. And it's like, 
you know, people come in my chair scared. I'm like, okay, what's good? What is good? What is good? You know, what are you doing? What are you going to do with like your weekend or your day to make it like amazing, you know, and like, stop being afraid. And it's such a hard thing to like change your mindset. Again, it's coming back into your mind, but I think it's such a beautiful thing. And you're like, I'm getting back on that skateboard. It actually uh, makes me want to do that because I used to skateboard um, when I was in high school for like a little okay. bit because of my brother, Dustin, he skates, right. he still skates to this day. Right. And I went down the sidewalk, freaking ate shit, fell all <laughs> the way on my back. I still have a scar on my back from it. And I never touched a skateboard again. Yep. And so, and you know, I've gotten on one and I'm like that, tra- that like, I get, yeah, trauma or like restriction, your body like tenses up because you're like, oh shit, am I going to eat shit and fall on my back again? Like, yeah um so that's to actually inspire me you know I might not be able to get a motorcycle right now but maybe I should maybe I should try skateboarding <laughs> maybe you should I don't know maybe It'd I be should pretty awesome yeah I, I just I'm so inspired by you like oh. right now like this it's incredible so um oh, thank you a skateboard is much cheaper than a motorcycle so I know it is it is for sure Yeah, but you're exactly right. It's, I mean, I, I lived in fear from the youngest age I can remember. Like I was so attached to my mom when I was little. Um, And I remember being, being at school and grade school, just crying and the teachers didn't know what to do. And I was like, I just, I need my mom. I just want to be with her. And there was just that lingering fear for no reason. Nothing had happened, nothing like that. But um, you know, as you get older and you just tell yourself, well, that's for all those cool things, all those adventures, all of, you know, that's for other people. That's not for me. I can't do that. Why? And you limit yourself and shut down. Right. I cannot, I will not live that way anymore. Yes. Not going to do it. That is so amazing. That is so amazing. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful for this story. I, I really think this is going to help a lot of people. I also think it's going to help you tremendously, you know, for coming on here and not being afraid to talk to me um, when, you know, we've never met in person. And uh, I just think it's an, such an amazing thing. So what would you tell our audience um, if they're feeling stuck, if they're feeling like, I'm not good at anything. I can't do this and I can't do that. And they've never had the power of their power. What would you say to them? Find one small way that you could try. Nobody expects you to take a huge leap. If you, if you find that in you, go for it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't find a small way because they're out there, maybe it's just taking the risk of talking to a stranger. I mean, that sounds so simple, but I, for me, I don't know why I found so much power seems like a really odd word to use for this, but you know, when you're talking to a cashier at Walmart or wherever, the grocery store, mm-hmm. wherever compliment their hair or their nails or what find a way to to be positive about someone 
to see yeah. the change that comes over somebody's face when you say, Hey, you're, you know, your hair is so cute. I love what you did with it. You're not committing to a full conversation, mm -hmm. but it's, it's something it feels, it fills you up yes. to do that for someone to build someone up that way. Yes. And the being able to see the look that will come over their face and how their demeanor changes means the world. Yeah. So I, and I don't know why that example came up with what you asked for, but I think that's a small way some people can begin to take some risks and put themselves out there. But I don't know. I just, the more, the older I get, the more I think, you know what, none of us are guaranteed anything. I could be hit by a bus tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I could die in my sleep. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time I have left and I do not want to waste any more days. I did enough yeah. of that. Yeah. So I may not have the resources to go on huge adventures and that's okay, but I can have a pretty great life right here if I choose mm -hmm. to make it that way like getting into cosplay. That seems like such a simple mundane thing, but it took so much nerve for me to be willing to let right. myself try it. Absolutely. And once I did, so I took my kids to Kansas City in April for Planet Comic Con. And my son and I cosplayed together. So to have an 18 year old boy who is willing to cosplay with his mom is pretty oh, cool. awesome. <laughs> so cool. That's so cool. And we had so much fun. And, you know, just going to an event like that is fun if you're into that sort of thing. But just seeing the looks on people's faces as we walked by, you know, whether they talked to us or not, it just made my heart happy to walk into a place like that and see thousands of people dressed up Heck all yeah. living our nerdy best lives together. And I walked, I literally walked onto the show floor and said out loud, I found my people. Heck <laughs> I yeah. don't know any of them, <laughs> but these that. are my people. I get, it. I get it. So there are, you know, whatever your thing is, if you're hesitant to try, if you don't feel like you are good enough, that you have the skill, you just have to take that little leap. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. You know, I think uh, hating on yourself and hating actually takes so much more energy than you know. So yeah. giving the act of love and kindness actually helps you be open to receive that love and kindness back. You don't want to expect yeah. it, but saying that love to somebody is actually opening yourself to receive you're like that made me feel good I love and that I think that's a really good that. way to explain it absolutely like hatred is a disease you know it makes us sick and it takes again so much energy when um you give love it doesn't take any energy at all and then your cup it's getting filled and then you grow more confidence to take more baby steps of trying something that you've never done before, just like getting into cosplay, which I think, by the way, is so freaking cool. I love dressing <laughs> up. My Halloween's my favorite. <laughs> Halloween's my favorite. Um, and just like getting out of your box, because yes, 
we can get hit by a bus tomorrow. We, I, you just don't know. So you have yeah. to think about like, if I die tomorrow, am I going to regret anything that I haven't done? Right. 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 And so, you know, for those out there, you know, journal what the things that you, you want to do and who, who do you have to be, who do you have to become to accomplish that those little baby steps to accomplish to say, Hey, you are beautiful to somebody else. Um, I think that yeah. is such a thing. I think that's great advice that you gave. And, um, you know, I think when that you start we, small, they turn into bigger things. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. that we going along with that, we hold on to so much. We hold on to so many of those words from the past that yeah. we believe about oh. ourselves or that oh. we've been told about ourselves. Um, I was telling someone the other day who was saying, you know, there's so much that I've never shared with anybody that, you know, is so bad. And I said, there's redemption. Doesn't matter. You have to find a way. Don't let this linger. Don't let that hang over you forever. You know, you, you're the only one that can figure out what that's going to look like to work through that and find a way, but there is a way. I absolutely right. believe that. Absolutely. I mean, we're programmed. We are programmed. I talked about this on my Instagram page the other day. We are programmed to think of ourselves the way we do when we get into our adulthood. And that's from, you know, our parents and, you know, watching movies and whatever that is. And so yes. in my coaching group, we were asked, who are you really? <laughs> Number one what do you love about yourself? Number three, what were you programmed to dislike about yourself? And that, hear that word programmed. That Mm -hmm. means you have the ability to change that program, to unbreak from those change, change, tongue tied, (laughs) chains. uh, You can break free yourself. You have the power. And so, um, once you realize that you are capable of doing anything. So that was, that was one, that was one reason why I decided to do those post-it notes, because I remember telling myself, you know what, for 48 years, you have convinced yourself that you are not worthy, that you are not enough, that you are not beautiful or talented or successful or loved or all of those things why can't I flip the script? If I believed those things, nobody ever told me those things. Nobody ever said to me, you're not beautiful or whatever. Sorry, something just popped up on my screen and I don't know how it got here. (laughs) Game technology. (laughs) Um, No, nobody ever said those words to me. It was entirely my own doing. And I thought- Crazy if I can convince myself of that without any outside influence, why can't I convince myself of the opposite? Right. There has to be a way. And there is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Julie, thank you so much for coming on my channel. I am so excited that this episode is going to come out next Monday. This is like, I'm just, like I just love this this is like (laughs) this is where when I started this channel I didn't know what I was doing 
I didn't know how to do it. I was like, well, I'm going to do this in one week after figuring this out. I did it in one week. And my goal, it was to eventually start interviewing people. Um, and here I am today doing my second interview. And the more people that we, I talk to, the more we can, we can expand to others who need like you know, our support to not feel alone. And they too can be on the journey to becoming a free human being to need nothing. That's right. You know, so um, I think it's just so beautiful what you shared and I'm so appreciative of you. Um, so thank you. And, thank you. Um, you know, don't be surprised if like some people on Instagram, like start following you and be like, Hey, Julie, what did you do here? How did you, how did you get out of this? Like, <laughs> you know, and share it, you know, uh, maybe that's your next calling. So you never know, but you never, uh, know. I'm so, you never know. Um, so I'm so glad I got to meet you on Instagram. That is yeah. one beautiful thing about social media. Like, absolutely. If you know how to use it right. It's so beautiful because there are people out there that want to help, help yeah. each other. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so thank appreciative. You. And if you guys have any comments or questions uh, for myself or for Julie, please uh, have those comments below. Um, again, we are both on Instagram. If you go to my free lady Colorado, just CEO on Instagram, um, I will be tagging her on Monday and we can all share together and be on this journey together and becoming free humans. So again, I hope everyone's Monday is going great. And I love you guys. So, and I love you, Julie. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope to keep chatting with you. I want to stay connected with you. And uh, absolutely. Now, now we have our connection. So that's really cool. That's very cool. I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So with that said, everyone make your week powerful, be your powerful self and get after your dreams and goals because anything is possible. Right? Right. All right. Take care. See you later. Ciao. Who says ciao anymore? <laughs> I do. I am saying ciao today. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.